Hi, I'm Charlie Albone, and welcome to episode three of That's How We Grow, in partnership with Still Garden Power Tools. I love the taste of freshly picked, homegrown fruits and vegetables. The taste and the beautiful smell set them so far apart from anything you can buy in a store. And the satisfaction of knowing you've fed and supported the food that you can now enjoy, well, there really is nothing better. The popularity of veggie patches exploded during lockdown periods around Australia. People rediscovered their backyard and embraced their veggie patch. Well, anyone can grow a nice vegetable patch. Anyone can have a good season. But planning a vegetable patch and having quality fruit and vegetables season after season sets gardens apart. This week on the episode, we have the amazing Maggie Beer. She's an Australian cook, a food author, restaurateur and a food manufacturer living in the Barossa Valley. In 2012, Maggie was appointed a member of the Order of Australia. And the last time I saw Maggie, she explained to me the joys of verjuice, which I had no idea what they were. And Maggie actually makes my favourite ice cream ever made, but she hasn't given me the recipe yet. So I'm going to challenge myself and try and get it from her now. Maggie, thank you so much for joining us. Burnt fig, honeycomb <laughs> and caramel. Now I have eaten a, an obscene amount of this ice cream. Um, can you please give me the recipe or is well, it a secret? First start with a ton of figs and try and burn them. There you are, Charlie. That's as much as you're getting from me. Oh, come on, please, a little bit more. <laughs> oh, no, no. The skill, the skill is all in burning the figs. <laughs> so delicious. It's really good. You're, I mean, you're, you're known for gourmet foods. You, you've authored 11 award-winning cookbooks. You're, you know, you're a whiz in the kitchen. Um, but I find that chefs, they often have a relationship with the garden as well because of, you know, the obvious correlation. Is that something that you have? Oh, absolutely. My garden is, is as great a love as, as my kitchen. And, mm. uh, and even more so in the last, um, well, actually since lockdown. Uh, lockdown has given me more time than ever. And I've always loved my garden, but being frustrated by not having enough time in it. So yes. um, oh, I'm just re re in love with it. <laughs> that's the that's the problem with gardening. You want to do it so much that when you you know you go off to work and you just desperately want to be back there. And the more time you can spend there, the happier you are. I had the best yeah. Father's Day just passed where I was let free into the garden and just slaved away, uh, clearing out garden beds and and finishing off my veggie patches. And I, I had the best day. It was fantastic. Yeah. Really loved no. it. Where did your love of gardening come from? Well, it really only came from uh, living in the Barossa. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. start gardening till really till I closed the pheasant farm, which is back in 93, because, you know, just not ever having a moment's, um, uh, a moment spare in my life. And we had locals who gardened for us, for the vegetables. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have, and we were at, at the farm, the soil, we have high salinity and okay. and poor soil on the farm side, the pheasant farm side. So it was coming here, um, we, oh gosh, that's 37 years ago. It seems like yesterday. <laughs> and there were, there were lots of um, trees, but not much of a veggie garden. And so mm -hmm. that was the beginning, but really I only got serious about 10 years ago and raising uh, all the veggie gardens. I have eight long um, veggie gardens, enough for a family of 20, and we're only yes. two. 
Um, uh, and that's a good problem to have. <laughs> it is because having the raised gardens has meant all the difference in the world to me because um, yes. I've had a bad spine all my life. So now it's just it's so easy with the veggies, not the rest of the garden. So, that's digging. So what sort of height are your raised vegetable patches? Are they sort of 600 um, mil, 800 mil? Um, yes, about uh, about 800 mil because I'm quite tall. Okay. Um, yes. And so they're absolutely perfect for me. And Yeah, um, I mean, one of the benefits of having them raised up like that is you get the, the benefits of free-draining soil, but it's just from a practical point of view, they, you know, it's much easier to work them, isn't it? Yes, and as you age... <laughs> it's much easier and I would recommend it for anyone because then it just, if, if something is really simple, they're more likely to do it as just a normal part of their life. So, Absolutely. yeah, all for them. I, I, I've just finished a, a large vegetable patch in, in my garden. I made them all, I actually made wicking garden beds. So there's oh, sort of a you? reservoir of water underneath <sighs> yes. uh, because I come and come and go from the property. I'm not there all the time. Wicking beds mean that I don't have to worry about watering them all the time, but they're they're 600 mil high with a cap, so you can use them as seats, which is really lovely. So they're kind of I'm finding it's the the family is flocking to the veggie patch more because they've got somewhere to sit, and you know, it, and it's really lovely, really enjoying it. Ah. Um, when you created uh, your your gardens, did you um, did you do a lot of soil preparation? Yes, certainly for the veggie yeah. gardens, a huge amount of soil preparation, mm. and and so it was it was a mixture of having some stones right down the bottom, um, also lining because they're um, galvanized iron, and we get tremendous heat lining the mm. sides with um, uh, some polystyrene from uh, broccoli boxes to stop the okay. intense heat. Um, yes. Having a huge, huge mix of uh, sheep manure, chicken manure, um, uh, loam, uh, straw, you know, just really the, the preparation was very important to it. It's key. Preparation to the, yes. to the soil is key to the success. You mentioned that the rest of your garden is sort of in the ground. Is it yes. is vegetable gardening your favorite type of gardening or do you like growing flowers and, and other sorts of things? Oh, the veggie garden's my first, absolutely first love, but yeah. I do love roses. And here in South Australia, in the Barossa, we have the perfect climate for roses. Yes. And I love scent. And so I have a lot of scented roses. I have a lot of jasmine. Um, uh, I have wisteria. Um, and, uh, yes, I love that too. But the veggie, veggie garden's first call, you know, right. if I'm limited of time, that's where I'll spend my time because I have someone that comes in and helps um, uh, for four or five hours a week. But we've got mm -hmm. 20 acres, you know, where wow. we've got. That's a lot uh, of work. Yes, yes. Well, a lot of it is the vines and the olives and quinces, but we've still got at least a hectare of just um, space around the cottage. Yes, lovely. Do you use the, the roses and things like that in your cooking as well, sort of edible flowers and, and that sort of stuff? Well, I love the rose hip, um, the the rose leaves. I always mean to and never get around to it. You know, there's a lot of that in <laughs> gardening mm. and cooking, all the things. But the ones that I have that have a large hip on it, you know, making a rose hip syrup and serving it with rabbit, you know, there are, there are endless um, ways of utilising what's in the garden. 
gosh, you're making me hungry talking about things <laughs> like that. The the weather's really warming up now. Do you prefer um, sort of the, the fruits and vegetables that come in summer or do you sort of look forward to every season and, and everything that's different? Well, I, one of the great things about South Australia is having four very distinct seasons. I grew up in Sydney and so mm-hmm. I, coming here was like understanding how to live the rhythm of the season. So each season is special. But if you ask me my favourite season, that's always autumn. Um, yes. But then I love winter and then I love spring and then I love that's winter. <laughs> the seasons seem to be the perfect length that, you know, you look forward to the next one. You're almost, you, you've had enough of one season, then something else starts to happen. You fall in love with the next season. It's great uh, like that. Absolutely. I've got my first asparagus um, has come uh and uh, the broad beans are nearly ready and the purple sprouting broccoli is going mad and I've still got the kale left over from winter. And, you know, it's that lovely, you're right, it's the excitement of the season. I just yes. love it. You know, you're, you're lucky you get to, you've got the space to grow a lot. For yes. the home gardener, um, you know, in, in sort of a standard block, it's very difficult to grow enough food to support yourself. So I always think, you need to, whatever you grow, really make a celebration of, of that harvest and, and sort yes. of have a big meal around it and get family around if, if you can at the time. Um, is that something you, you like to do or do you, do you have a glut of, of fruit and veg that <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can't handle? Well, we do have a huge abundance, but then we've got the family, but we also have the eatery at the pheasant farm. So when I have too much rocket, when I have too much kale, um, mm. I've got I've got... It never, nothing goes to waste. That's part of my ethos. But, um, uh, yes, we can get too much of something that's so beautiful and before we eat it all, it can go to seed if I've not been generous because I love it too much. (laughs) (laughs) I love, uh, we have this amazing (laughs) lemon tree and I just, one of my favourite things is to give the lemons away because they're like nothing else. The the taste of something homegrown just seems to surpass anything you can buy in the shops, I think. Well, we have quite a um, – uh, two weeks ago I picked two, um, uh, two, loads of, two loads of my ruby grapefruit. You know, mm. um, it was just so huge, the biggest wheelbarrows I have, and mm-hmm. to fall to the top. So then I have a problem with what to do with all those, yes. Right. Well, you could put them in some ice cream, perhaps. Oh, no, no. I've got other things in mind. Like, have you ever tried Campari and Ruby grapefruit or making your own tonic water? So all of those things are in play right now. Yes. Do you, uh, with with the definite seasons you have in the Barossa, planning your your harvests and and what you grow is, is so important. How much time do you put into that? Well, I guess over the years I've got a, a, a pretty good system and because we've got eight beds to make sure that we've got rotation. Um, mm. So um, I, I keep a map of it and um, I really think about it because for me everything tastes so wonderful when you just pick and cook, but mm. I always concentrate on those um, uh, vegetables that are not easy to buy, like I don't grow broccoli, but I grow sprouting, um, mm. uh, purple sprouting broccoli. Um, I grow rapini uh, or cima di rape because you can't buy that in the shops. And mm. so I, I don't 
grow ordinary brown onions, but I grow beautiful um, red onions. And, um, you know, I, I'm selective. I'm selective and I don't waste space on something that's very easy. Yeah, um, it's, to, it's to nice get. that you grow sort of individual things. Yeah, because if I guess if you can if you can buy it readily, then and you know it comes from a good source, do that. But then and grow the unusual stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we we did mention soil preparation being so important. It, it can also be quite hard work if you don't raise your <laughs> your beds up. Is that something you you've spent some time on digging, turning over soil, and things like that? Well, you talked about Sunday. I had the best day on Saturday because I decided to pull out agapanthus. Now, agapanthus had become so clumped, so I spent the whole day turning the garden over and pulling out every little bit of, of uh, of the tubers of the agapanthus, and I felt so good. You know, I yes. uh, and then put some some hooflung dung in and, and <laughs> some manure in ready to replant it. And I love that feeling. My back what, doesn't what you, like it. <laughs> no, no. It's, yeah, mine doesn't like turning over the soil much either. Um, yeah, sometimes I get on a combi tool or something like that and uh, get on a pick tine and, and turn it over that way. But sometimes you just do need to get into the fork. You need yes. the, the experience of, of that. What I have think, you got planned for that bed? Uh, zinnias. Zinnias. Oh, nice. I yeah, love I love zinnias and um, really the tall ones, not the yes. not the small ones, not the uh, the mini ones, and that profusion of colour because it's against um, a very uh, the wall of a very old um, cottage on the at the front of our property. So mm. uh, yes, so it's all all ready now. <laughs> so you you also as well as as um gardening and and cooking you have a charity is that right yes well i have a foundation um trying hmm. to change the food in aged care and okay. so that's the biggest job charlie i have ever undertaken but hmm. we've been going at it seven years now and really progress is never ever as quick as you want it to be but we've been able to pull together even the government to listen and the Royal Commission has helped that uh, and um, earlier this year had a congress bringing all the parts of aged care together to find a path to do better and for my foundation's part um, we um, the education process so we've just finished doing 11 segments of online uh, filming for online training into aged care homes because mm. there's no specialised training. So, um, and the difference that beautiful food can make to the well-being of an older Australian or of anyone really, but particularly those that can't look after themselves. Absolutely. So it's uh, so important. It's so important. I mean, even, yeah. um, you know, the health benefits of eating good quality oh. food uh, oh, is amazing, yes. but also the sight of good quality food in yes. front of you as well. It lifts the spirit. So it's good for, for physical yes. and mental health. So that's amazing that you're doing that. It's really Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Is there any way that anyone can help support you in that? Well, yes. Um, we have um, a, a website for our foundation, my foundation, <laughs> Maggie, um, maggiebeerfoundation.org.au. I think yes. I've got that right. Gosh, I, I never <laughs> look up myself, but Maggie Beer Foundation will find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, we are always trying to do so much more. 
so much more education, to pull people around us uh, that are doing things well. There are so many um, possible ways to help. So going to the foundation website is, mm-hmm. um, is a starting point for anyone right. who's interested. Excellent. That's really excellent. Um, I want to talk about your uh, raised vegetable patches again quickly because you said <laughs> yes. something. Uh, I mean, setting up a, a vegetable patch, there's a few key things you need to get right. Obviously, you need as much sun as you can possibly get. Yes. Um, free draining, good quality, mm-hmm. good quality soil. Um, but how much of it is sort of uh, learning as you go? Because you mentioned you have you've got raised beds made of, of tin and you've insulated them. Now that's something that someone might not pick up. Um, you know, how much have you learned on the way of your sort of growing journey? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was Where lucky. In- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I was lucky enough to have a neighbour that helped me set it up, and she has green fingers. You know, some mm-hmm. people just do. I've learned to garden. It's not. Whereas I, I know how to cook without thinking. Gardening, I've had to learn. Right. Um, and and she was a great teacher. But once, and you never stop learning, but once you start actually um, uh, raising something and eating it and understanding how much better it will taste than anything else you'll ever buy, mm-hmm. it just drives you to expanding your knowledge. And so... Where do I get that from? I just get it from experience, I think, and and the help because I don't raise my seedlings myself because I never have the time. Yes. And so I have I have um, uh, Rachel who raises the seedlings for me now, and so that means um, that's 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 the hard work done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is the hard part. Growing from seed is very difficult. From seedling onwards, it's much easier. It is. I can take it yeah. from seedling on and I know how to look after it because I know how much water it needs because it tells me, you know, the garden yes. tells you these things. Yeah. Once you spend some time out in a veggie patch and, yes. and make mistakes, you, you learn from it. Definitely. Yes. It's yes. funny when I um, design gardens for people, they say, you know, I want a veggie patch, but I, don't, I want it to look really cool and really trendy. And I'm like, yeah, you just wait until you actually do it. And then you'll think it's cool and trendy. You know, and it starts to look like every other veggie patch. And that, look how cool it looks now. I'm like, yeah, it looks exactly like every other one. It's great. It's brilliant. Yeah. Is there any, um, is there any vegetable you can't live without? Oh, gosh. My, any mine's vegetable? definitely broccoli. I love it. Um, well, mine's probably eggplant. Um, right. I would grow five different types of eggplant um, okay. through the summer, into the, which goes right through to the autumn. I couldn't bear to be without it and to be without the, the cross-section of the different, um, uh, the different varieties. Oh, no, that's mm-hmm. – yes. Um, yep. Potatoes are probably bottom of the list until you get a wonderful waxy potato and then I don't have space for them in my raised garden, so they yes. go in with the roses. <laughs> And now, never can get them a, out. How do you treat uh, your your sort of ground grown garden beds to in comparison to your raised beds? Um, okay, well, um, they need because we can have really um, uh, intense heat, mm-hmm. but it's a dry heat. So the watering system has got to be in there. There has to be regular feeding. Feeding is just so much more important than you think. Uh, yes. If you're just until you're really involved in a garden. So feeding your roses, feeding your citrus, they're very hungry, feeding your macadamia, yes. they're, they're, um, uh, they're, 
they're really hungry plants. Um, so um, uh, mulch. Mulch is really, really important in our climate, mm-hmm. um, yes. but also is is pulling the cooch out of the garden when it invades. <laughs> yeah, competition um, is a killer. Competition is a killer. So, you know, making sure you don't have too much under your citrus as competition. And um, But these, I think you're right, um, uh, experience teaches you um, as well as learning from others. So Maggie, as a, a, a gardener and as somebody who grows a lot of different vegetables, yeah. um, do you follow the rules of crop rotation and, and fallow fields and things like that? As you're an organic gardener, I could imagine that'd be quite in, quite important. Uh, yes, I think planning is so important and, and I keep a, an annual guide of, of my eight um, plots of the mm-hmm. veggie garden so the rotation can be very clear because one year someone did me a favor and put tomatoes in when I was away and then I finished up with a problem. Um, yes. and, um, and then fellow a mustard seed um, uh, we tend to put in uh, as a fallow crop in between, yes. but it's very important to be moving um, uh, and not coming, uh, moving your tomatoes, your eggplants, all of those uh, to be moving them and not coming back to the same place for three years, I find. Yes. Um, well, I think those those types of plants, each one draws different nutrients from the soil. So if you keep planting the same thing in the same spot, it's just yeah. extrapolating the issue of taking one one too many nutrients out. Um, and having a, a mustard crop or something like that, you, you can turn it back into the soil, but it also allows you to, you know, give some time to putting some compost and some other nutrients back as well. Yes, and and it is really important. Um, and uh, I've learned to do that. I've mm. learned the importance of it. <laughs> yeah, it's temp- <laughs> it is tempting to, to keep growing something in the same spot if it's done yeah. well, if you've had a good season, you think, I'm yes. just going to do that again. Yes. But yeah. uh, and I guess the luck that I have is having the eight separate beds. It's very um, easy to be systematic about it. It's one of the few yes. things I might be systematic about. <laughs> yes. So do you give it three years between growing something in the same spot then? Yes, I give it three years because I've got the space to do that. Have you always had a big garden or have you have you ever sort of gardened on a smaller scale? I've never gardened on a smaller scale, but I try and encourage anyone with my cooking. I really mm. try to say to people, even if you don't have a garden, even if you have pots on your balcony, have fresh herbs, what that will do to your cooking is just incredible. It's a starting point. So encouraging people to have the smallest, if that's what they're limited to, is really yes. important to me. Starting with herbs is a great place to start sort of, um, you know, growing stuff that you're going to eat. I find things, e- easy things to grow like lettuce is kind of the next step up and spinach and stuff like that, that sort of is, is quite easy to grow. Um, yeah. And then once you're into that, you're into it and you're just trying anything, I find. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like, um you know how quickly radishes come up? Well, yes. uh, um, if you get a watermelon radish um, mm. and it comes up and it's sort of like so spectacular, you think you've been responsible, green on the outside and red all through and yes. you slice it and you think, oh, my goodness, you know, it I'm gives so you. clever. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. It gives you encouragement uh, yes. for the next step. So, Maggie, when you started your veggie patches, um, how did you 
pick the location, what were you looking for? Well, the location, two things. One, it had to be full sun and it had to be close to the back door, as close as possible, that you went past it every day. Even if you weren't out in the garden, it sort of um, sang out to you. <laughs> kind yeah, of that's garden. so important. It's yes. so important to have it to you. If you're a, I find if you're a real keen gardener and you really want to do it, you can sort of place it further away from the house because you want to be there. But yeah. if it's closer, you're more likely to check on your veg every day, and that's when you kind of get on top of any issues as well. Absolutely. Um, you, wait, I mean, you set them up from scratch, so you know you know the process. Apart from full sun, was there anything else you're looking for? I know you've raised them up, which obviously helps with drainage and and for practical reasons. Was there anything else you looked into? Uh, yes, because our soil here naturally is we have sandy loam, so we mm -hmm. needed to have a much richer soil in. So it was um, buying in some loam, um, having we had sheep manure, uh, bird, um, uh, pheasant manure, um, and the straw from the sheds were all very mm -hmm. important. Um, uh, and so that was, it was, you know, natural um uh natural compost uh and having um we also put along the sides of the um of the bed itself because of the heat of summer sometimes here in south australia mm -hmm. um it just put some cushioning of the sides of broccoli boxes to keep the the main heat away so it was getting all that good goodness into the soil uh, yes. was really, really important and and deep. Even though vegetables are quite shallow, it somehow was very important to me that I had such depth in case I wanted to plant something. I think uh, a, a big body of soil as well with the insulation of, of the broccoli boxes, that just adds to insulation of the soil. So you've got a, a hot top and a cold bottom, if you will, um, yeah. and that's perfect perfect <laughs> for growing vegetables. <laughs> ah, see, I did something I didn't know. The other thing <laughs> was um, the, the watering system, um, just yes. tubes, about five tubes coming down each way. So when you plant, you plant mm. where the water is coming out because water, we have to contain our water here. Water is our scarce resource. Yes. Um, and so we have to make every bit of water count. So that was yes. important. Yeah, you, you really need to be careful. Uh, heavily mulching uh, vegetables is really important as well, irrelevant yes. of what climate you're in. It does a lot of yes. a lot of good. Again, it gives you those those cool roots uh, and it helps to suppress weeds and, and it will help spread your, your water out as well. It sort of has that capillary effect of pushing the water out before it goes down, which is yes. really important. Yeah, and you could also try a, a wicking bed, sort of similar to what I, I set up, would be really good for, for somewhere like where, where water is so scarce. Well, I've, I've been tempted to start again with wicking beds in another idea I have, but um, mm. I haven't convinced Colin yet, so he <laughs> whether he, he wants to start again. <laughs> I'm working yes. on it, Charlie. <laughs> Starting again is, is daunting, but uh, yes. you know, all, all big projects are, are yeah. most rewarding, aren't they? They are indeed. Uh, yes. Do you have any? Um, do you have any uh, tools that you love? Like uh, I was talking to to Graham Ross last week, and he's got an old fork that his his granddad passed down to him, and that's his favourite tool. Do you have anything like that that sort of makes you nostalgic? Um, not nostalgic, but uh, a friend um, just gave me. Um, 
If you had have asked me a month ago, it would have been a different um, answer. But a friend has just given me um, a gardening knife and it's serrated on one side. It also has measurements of, of, you know, how deep it Mm -hmm. is. And it means that I can say I'm wanting to cut off my um, uh, red cabbage um, as I did last week, the last of the red cabbage. I can cut it at the base with the knife and I can dig down and um, that it's really hand tools that are great for me. I mean, give yes. if you ask Colin the same question, it'd be something to take all the weeds from around the trees of our orchard because I won't let him spray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes. Have you tried using uh, salt and vinegar to get rid of weeds as a spray, as an organic spray? That works quite well. No. So you no. mix up, yeah, you mix up salt and vinegar and it really dehydrates the plant. And I mean, for, for perennial cooches and grasses, you do need to give it a couple of hits. But if you, if you use salt and vinegar, it will, will kill quite a lot of weeds, uh, certainly annual weeds. And if you add a bit of soil wetter as well, it really helps with those, those grasses. Oh, so, okay. Let me, but- let me write that down. We've used, <laughs> we've used milk in the garden yes. um, yep. uh, uh, for, yes. Um, Milk so, works really well on, on fungal diseases and things absolutely. like, things like yes. that. Yes. Yep. A 50-50 so, mix will get rid of a lot of fungal diseases. Yes. So, yeah, try salt and vinegar. That, vinegar that works really well. And yeah. some wetter. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Why? Yes. So that's my recipe for you. Uh, I'm still after this ice cream recipe. For <laughs> <laughs> a fair trade, a fair trade. Uh, oh, no, that's not quite a fair trade. We need something no. else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to scratch my head. Maggie, it has been an absolute delight talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. I'm thrilled, Charlie. Always love listening to you. So now it is time for me to answer some questions from the community. And Jonathan from Melbourne asks, is there a difference between planting a veggie bed and my regular garden bed? Well, yes, there is. So all types of garden beds like organic matter added to them. If you add compost to sandy soil, it will help to bind it together. If you add compost to clay soil, it will bring in worms and help to break it up. But a veggie bed is such a highly productive area with such a lot of growth and such a lot of harvest that comes out of it, you need to support that with additional nutrients. So a little bit extra compost than you would in a garden bed and lots and lots of fertilizer. So that can be organic or it can be synthetic, whatever your preference is. I like to use organic in my veggie beds and I use synthetic when I'm not eating the food. So just up the quantities of things that you would do normally. In a normal garden bed, I would say put 100 millimeters of compost over the surface and dig that through well. In a raised veggie patch, you'd probably be doing 150 mil and then you'd be using an organic mulch like a pea straw on top. Always combine it in well and you should be going great. Joanna from Plenty, north of Melbourne, asks, I created my first veggie patch last year and I'm looking to create another this spring. One thing that's putting me off is I've got clay soil and it was really compacted and hard to dig in. Is there any way to make this easier? So I mentioned in the previous question that adding compost to clay soil is really important. But before you do that, actually, you need to do a bit of a stability test, which sounds more difficult than it is. You need distilled water, which basically boil the kettle and leave it to cool. Put that in a jar, then put a tiny bit of your clay soil into that jar and leave it for 24 hours. Once you go back to it, you need to look at the color of the water. If it is crystal clear and the soil is just sitting at the bottom, you've got a stable clay soil and you can just add compost. That's a great thing to do. If the water is cloudy, then you've got an unstable clay soil. So adding gypsum to that soil will help to flocculate all the little parts together 
and give you a stable soil. So you need to add some gypsum first, then you can start adding your compost. The addition of compost will help to free it up. You need to really dig that compost through your garden bed. Now you can do that with a fork, you can do that with a shovel, or you can make it easy on yourself and use a still combi tool with a pick tine. That's gonna help to combine it really well and break the soil up. Once you've done that, you're ready to plant. Do you have a gardening question you'd like us to answer? Send us an email, charlie at still.com.au. And now I feel absolutely starving. I'm gonna head out into the garden and find something to eat. But what else did we learn? Well, we learned the benefits of a raised garden bed. It's so important to get that good drainage and to make your garden beds practical at the same time. The importance of crop rotation as well. You don't want to come into any issues like nematodes. So crop rotation is the way to go. We also talked about how to plan a new bed and the difference between a veggie and a regular garden bed. We touched on, and sadly, I didn't succeed on finding Maggie's secret recipe for her ice cream. That will remain a mystery going forward. In our next episode, I'll be joined by my old Selling Houses Australia co-host, Andrew Winter. Whilst by his own admission, Andrew might be an awful gardener, he knows how much a well-planned and maintained garden can add to the value of your property. I'll also give you all the advice you need on how to tackle a wild or overgrown garden if the time should arise. Need the tools to take on any garden challenge? Go to the Still website or head into your local Still dealer today. Follow Still on Instagram at still underscore au. And follow me on Instagram as well at charlie underscore albo. And don't forget to check out Still's blog with plenty of great gardening advice, tips and tricks. 